Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Warners, welcome back to the GZ Chop Shop. Yes, we've been gone for pretty much three weeks. We took a uh, a vacation. We took a much needed break, but we are back. And as always, we have an amazing episode lined up for all of you. So, without further ado, why haven't you clicked that subscribe button yet? For everyone who is already subscribed, thank you so very much. You're part of the Cool Kids Club. If you aren't already subscribed, you're, you're not you're not one of the cool kids. You're missing out. What's happening? Hit that subscribe button. You're already here. Just just click it. Just just give it a little little love kiss. There you go. There you go. Just hit that button. But you know, a, 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 anyway. shout out, a shout out, Itachi, to to the the viewers lately because oh my god, we took a break four weeks. We took a four week break. I don't remember the the last time we took that much time off. We quit. Yeah. Like we quit for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> full disclosure everyone we, we really we were did. actually just addicted to elden ring but that's a story for another time uh but what we didn't expect was the exponential growth of this podcast uh we were every week you would show me the numbers of people tuning in wanting more and i was just like what is happening so thank you very much for everybody who tunes in every week and hangs out with us and, and hears our, our our banters and ridiculous outtakes on everything that's going Conspiracy on theories and all the industries that we love very much. Yes. Yeah, so, yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. I, w- I was very much surprised. I check in and I, you know, check the podcast and I was just seeing and I was like, oh, man, it's like, were they waiting for us to just shut up so they could catch up on the episodes? Like, <laughs> like, like, were we going too fast? Like. Okay, okay, but yeah, the, the downloads for this past month uh, were absolutely amazing. So thank you everybody so much for the continued support, even when we took our impromptu break. Thank you so much to our Patreons for sticking around with us while we uh, pretty much redid the website and are going through some uh, brand changes and fixing a lot of things up. So we really, really appreciate it, but we are back and hopefully uh, we can get keep the ball rolling smoothly once again for you guys. So I want to hear uh, something that 
Warner's brought up, you brought up right before the show started. I'm very curious before we get into our topic this week about pissing off the Star Wars fandom. I don't know how I did it. I didn't expect to upset this this group of people. I love Star Wars. I also love Star Trek. I love everything nerdy. Dude, I am D&D, anime, you name it, I'm into it, okay? I respect it all. I love it all. But I also like to make my jokes as well. But I wasn't making a joke. I was just, I don't know what I was doing. Um, sometimes when I talk about one fandom, I might accidentally, that's the wrong word, unintentionally um, talk about a character from a completely different universe and fandom when that's not what they were wanting. So it was a TikTok. It was a TikTok. <laughs> oh, that's your first TikTok. mistake. And I, that was your first mistake. You know, I don't, I don't comment on TikTok very often, but first of all, the video was one of those, like, it was like real emotional, like feel the pain of the character we're showing you. Oh, they, they suffered. And it said, name a character who suffered more than, and it showed a clip of Ren Skywalker standing there looking somber, just, I'm suffering. And it was dead fucking serious. And I'm like, this has got to be a joke, right? <laughs> like, name a character. Oh, no. So what didn't register with me is that it was talking specifically about, like, name a character specific to Star Wars that suffered greater than Ren Skywalker. She didn't suffer, okay? Any more than fucking Luke did. Like, mm -hmm. like I'm not even going to go there. Like, fuck off with that, okay? I said, um, dot, 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 Itachi Uchiha, hello. Oh, no. You remember the last time I did some shit like this? You didn't learn. That's the thing. Three days later, there was like 800 comments. All because I made a comment about, was it, was it My Hero Academia? I think, oh, that was, if it was My Hero Academia. It had Academia, something to do with you, My yeah, Hero Academia. But anyways, uh, people were just like, like, uh, like half of them were like, who the fuck is that? Which was like, I found offensive. Like, what? what? You call yourself a nerd? Like, <laughs> who's Utachi Uchiha? Uh, so, so and like a few people said something along the lines of, I got to look up who this is. I'm like, you're not ready. <laughs> you're not ready not for this ready. level of pain and suffering. But there were so many people that were angry at me that I mentioned a character outside of star Wars. And again, like the context wasn't there. It just said, name someone who suffered more than this person. And it was Ren Skywalker. I'm like, I can, first of all, I can name my like a hundred characters from many universes that suffered more her, but. Okay. My first question, or is it, are you talking about Kylo Ren or Ray? Oh, Ray, what the fuck was I? See, that's how much I care. <laughs> right there. I said Ren, didn't I? Yeah. Ray, you said Ren, Ren Skywalker who gives the whole time, a so. shit. Okay. And I know that that, that, that was a, a trigger trap. But I, I didn't feel triggered. I just, my, I was like, I don't know. You, uh, you know. Uh, 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 <laughs> Itachi Uchiha. Like, that's it. That's all I'm saying. But I'm going to say, you, you said you didn't feel triggered, but it's okay because you fell for the trap. They set the bait. You were the trigger. 
you serve the purpose of that TikTok from the beginning because everyone's first initial reaction, if you probably dive deeper, is Ren. probably going to say, oh, <laughs> who cares? Everyone's going to say Anakin. Anakin, like Anakin suffered in various ways. Which starts the whole debate, which was the whole purpose, because everyone knows the answer realistically is Anakin. Duh, there's no other answer. There. See, I, I joined you now. Now I have also pissed off the fan base. <laughs> but yeah, uh, good job. I bet you your phone didn't stop I, blowing up after that. Like, uh, yeah, I, I haven't checked my TikTok all day because it's, it's yeah, <laughs> I'm I like, mean, nah. <laughs> yeah. But I could come in here probably every week with on today's episode of what did Warner say to piss off a of fandom today? And it's, it's usually like, not intentional. You're like the most, uh, yeah, you are the most unintentional troll ever. <laughs> it's, it's like you say things that have like no trolling intentions or malice behind it, but it's like once it happens, it's just like, uh, oh, <laughs> didn't think that one all the, the way The best through. part is I got like 20 followers after that, which is funny because my content is not con- like there's no content on my TikTok. Like there's like five videos of me gaming and saying some crazy, stupid shit, but it's nothing that like I put out there with any intent of like like drawing anyone in. So I don't even know why you'd follow me. I have nothing further to say. Uh, if it, They just are waiting for you to make that move and they want to be there when make you make move. it. They, they're watching for you. Good job, sir. Good, good, good job. And this is why I don't involve myself too in depth on making comments on fan base posts, no matter how much I want to say something. I, it's like one of those things where like you, you do something you wouldn't normally do, but maybe you're in a mood, like whatever that mood is, good mood, bad mood, whatever. But you're like, I'm going to say something, but you know, like, but it wasn't mm-hmm. keyboard warrior. I'm going to say something. Mm-hmm. It was just, I'm adding to the conversation. Hi guys. Utachi Uchiha mm-hmm. suffered way more than this crazy bitch. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways, you went into the sci-fi specific fandom and dropped an anime character's name. You and didn't expect yeah. an uproar. Oops. I, if I Good wanted job. to troll them, I could have said that. I, I forget the name of that. What is that Star Wars anime that came out on Netflix a while back? That Visions. visions? Uh, if, yeah, if I wanted to troll them, I could say Visions was better than all of Star Wars. But man, you are out here looking but, for. <laughs> You're about to. Be we're just going to name this episode media. Ren Skywalker. <laughs> just, Yo. <laughs> If you don't like like, somebody or you want to let them know how much you don't care about them, always call them by the wrong name. That is facts, man. That is straight facts. Straight facts. So on the topic of probably pissing uh, people fandoms off, and I don't think so much that this is going to piss people off so much as kind of just making people go, oh, that sucks. Um, And the topic for this episode is E3, or in this case, the lack thereof. So for anyone who doesn't know, the uh, Electronic Entertainment Expo, also known as E3, has once again been canceled for this year uh, with the quote-unquote promise to return in 2023, which is funny because I think that they their, their contract has to be renegotiated in 2023. I know they have like a contract that was supposed to go from 2020. 20, yeah, I think from 2020 or 2021 to 2023. So, and the last 
I want to say like three years have been kind of in for them because COVID caused them to cancel in 2021. Now they canceled in 2022. They had kind of a lackluster turnout, I believe in, no, I think they were even canceled in 2020 or they went completely digital in, in uh, 2020. And they started really seeing a downturn in 2019. But for anyone who wants to know a little bit of history of E3, they've been going on for like 26 years, which in the tech industry, that's pretty pretty good especially in, in in gaming to have gone for for 26 years but uh as you and i both learned they actually those 26 years have been pretty tumultuous for them they they were actually struggling for turnouts and they've actually changed how they handled e3 after i believe 2007 they started changing their format on how they handled e3 because of the e3 when it came out uh, it started uh, May 11th, 1995, and they were going up against SIA, uh, I think it is. I think it was CEA was their their acronym, which at the time was the Gaming Expo. But in 1995, gaming was still like on the upturn. It was still frowned upon, so it was very niche. So you would be forgiven for not even knowing what what SIA was. Um and then E3 came along as kind of a, a means to allow these game developers to reach a broader audience by hosting this, this event that would get media press and, and, and a whole bunch of things. There's a, there's a whole history on it. And it was funny because when E3 came along, basically Sia bowed the head and was like, you know what? You win. And, and Microsoft and Sony, they were part of, you know, Sia, and they were like, "Hey, you don't really trust E3. We're st- sticking with the original." But so many people pulled out of Sia for E3 that eventually, you know, Sony and them were like, "You know what? Yeah, we'll do it too." And then after that, Sia president was like, "Congratulations, you win!" Like literally went to E3 and was like, "You win. You got it." Um, and then from then on, E3 became the gaming expo. They took the crown and became the gaming expo. And I was telling you earlier, Warner's like how uh, it's funny how we constantly have seen history repeat itself, especially in the tech industry. With now E3 kind of going through what they put see it through, and now they're losing their crown, but they're not losing their crown to literally one other expo. They're losing it to multiple individual expos. Uh, they're. It seems like they're losing the crown to the very developers. And the very industry that brings the business to them. We're going to, you know, we already have Nintendo and Sony and micro, like they all have their own, their own thing. And I think that's going to start becoming not just more common uh, and it's not just going to grow. It's going to replace E3. E3 is going to no longer exist within the next few years. That's my prediction. Uh, I know about a year ago we talked about this and you predicted that this very thing was going to happen anyways, but you didn't think it was going to happen this fast. Granted, COVID yeah, played I, a huge I role. I think it was going to take like five years. And I don't, I don't want E3 yeah, to go. I, I, I don't, I don't, and none of us do. It's, it, it's, a, it was an amazing thing to be a part of and to get to watch and the, they showcased everything in one place. But the amount of money that it ultimately costs all these different companies to spend to get their place on E3 and to have their stuff showcased 
it's so, so much cheaper and, and easier for them to just have their own thing because YouTube and, and streaming, everything that we can do online now and digitally has already proven this past couple of years that they do not need E3 to do what the goal is to do, to get their product out there for us to see and to, and to be excited for. And another thing that was pretty much shooting E3 in the foot, especially in recent years, was the time of the expo. And and to be completely fair, um, like you, I don't want to see E3 go either. E3 was pretty much a staple of my childhood. And sometimes I didn't like, you know, hopping around and getting all my information bit by bit by bit here. At least with E3, it was all in one go. It was an immersive experience. And it was like, wow. Like, this is why I love gaming. Like, the way they built it and everything, I loved it. The problem that they were running into now is because of the time that they set E3 doesn't work because this is where, once again, we as the consumers have become our own villain because they set E3 in, like, June, July. They set it in the summertime. That's when everyone's out of school. That's when everyone's on vacation. It's the perfect time because people are traveling anyway, so they'll come to those conventions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then you have bloggers, YouTubers, data miners. You have all of those freelancers who have literally made a career out of getting firsthand scoops on things. And where E3 was losing its luster was by the time E3 rolled around, everybody already knew what was going to happen at E3. And they no longer saw a reason to attend it. And that hurt sales and stuff because bloggers and journalists, they no longer saw because it's like, we already know what you're going to put on. Why am I going to pay to attend? I already know what is going to be out. And this was apparently hurting sales from for big developers because they couldn't present their own product. So they were shelling out money for booths that were pointless because everyone already knew what was coming because bloggers and data miners already blasted it across the internet. And eventually... Sony, who had been attending since almost day one of E3, I think in 2019, they finally backed out and said, you know what, we're done because we are tired of, by the time E3 rolls around, everybody knows what we have. I mean, just look at, and even they can't keep their stuff under wraps. We knew about the new Sony pricing before they officially announced it like a day or so later. And the only reason I think they announced it when they did is because it was like, it already got out there data miners, hackers, all of that. They already dig in, get the news, and then spread it. And I know a lot of them will go, well, it's just as for the people, the people should know. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. Everybody is out here for quick popularity, freedom. Nothing gets you there faster than being the first person to blast stuff on the internet from big corporations. So everyone in who's anyone that knows any way of blogging is going to be putting this information out as soon as they get it. And it's, and, and it just, it just trickles and it follows the chain, which ultimately made something like E3 completely irrelevant because there's no surprise. There's no enthusiasm. And in a time where everybody wants it instant, they want that instantaneous information. The, the luster and appeal is gone. They just want to know what's coming out when, and then they're, they don't care anymore. Nobody actually likes the buildups anymore. Nobody actually likes the anything that takes longer than 30 seconds to present. People are not interested. So E3 started losing its traction as mainstream media became 
way more accessible. And then COVID hit and that was really a gut punch for them because not only did they lose the physical presence, even from the journalists and, and, and mainstream media, now they had to compete with the now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Super burst internet consumption everything was streamed online now because that was the only way you were getting stuff and they had to compete with that an expo that was all about in-person experience now had to compete with this sudden burst of of streaming online that's not what e3 was built for and even though when they did their online one it didn't fare very well it was underwhelming and now, like, I, I hate to say it, it came sooner than I predicted, but E3 is pretty much on its on its last legs, uh, for sure. They, they, um, they confirmed, uh, at least from from their side, they, they confirmed that, uh, yes, we're going to be back in 2023. And that's all they said, though. Yeah. Well, they also said they were going to be back right, this year. Right. And, and... Well, we see what's happening there. I think they're just hoping that something changes before then. Um, but with a big developer like Sony pulling out and Microsoft is starting to do their own thing, if all if all of their big developers pull out, E3 could survive if indie developers were willing to take up the costs. And E3 may be downsized in its popularity and its size, but... I think indie developers, because there's so many, would be the only saving grace for for them. Because Activision came out and was like, we're too big for E3 now and left. And Sony literally was just like, we're tired of people finding out about our stuff Boy, before. Activision E3. has we're bold out. statements to make every time they back out of something or merge with someone. It's always in a sense. We're too yeah, big for like, it. Y'all, y'all need to chill, man. <laughs> Yeah, they're yeah, and then look at them. Then they're in all this this trouble and and hot water. Uh, but yeah, when when you yeah, look into too, the history, they're not too of, big for lawsuits, um, are they? Sexual harassment. Huh? Ooh, got punch. But yeah, when you look into the history of E three, um, they try to adapt to the demands of the people. Um, and the demands of the companies attending. And it really, it, it really sucked because originally E3 was open to a larger public. 
around 2005, they had their largest turnout of like 70,000 attendees. However, the companies that attended were ticked off because a lot of the people getting tickets and presents were your average run-of-the-mill people. They weren't media. They weren't influencers. Um, And back in 2005, you know, vlogging, blogging, that wasn't really a big thing, not on the scale it is now. So you get your average gamer going to E3, they get the information for themselves, great. But you're just hoping that they say to their friends and their family, hey, this is what I saw at E3. Most people are just going and they were going for you know personal gratification. I got to go to E3. I got to play some new games. I can't wait till it comes out. And then like a day or so later, it's out of their mind. They're back in their normal life. You know, no marketing, no anything compared to journalists and bloggers who obviously write articles about it. It reaches thousands and thousands of people, commercials, et cetera. So the developers are getting their product out there. Well, the problem with such a big turnout was it was more, I guess, casual people attending E3 than journalists and bloggers because there wasn't enough tickets to go around. So this started annoying those companies. They're like, yo, look, we're paying all this money for booths and you've got these average Joe Schmoes coming in here and we're not getting publicity on our product. It's just falling. Like we go, they get to see it and then that's it. It's not going anywhere. They're not influencers. So the E3 said, okay, you know what? We hear you. We'll change the structure. And then E3 took a turn and became business only. They only allow journalists, influencers, stores, uh, you know, all of them in on E3. And it was closed to the public. Then it was funny because at the same turn when they did that, they saw obviously a downturn in their turnout because it was exclusive. And then all of a sudden it became bad because the stores weren't interested because they were like, well, it's not reaching the consumers. We don't care. They're not going to know that it's even out there. So we're not going to make any sales. We're not they interested. Try to be slick. <clears throat> yeah. So it was like, okay, you cut off the consumers because they didn't have enough influence. Now that the consumers are cut off like you want it, you're complaining that it's not reaching the average Didn't consumer. Didn't they lose their last <laughs> live event? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was like they lost like a third, I think, of the showcases that they would normally have. Yeah. It was something like they, they lost about yeah, I, 90, 90 companies and, and developers and stuff. Yeah. And, and, and it was, it was, it's noted here that they said that for the, the average consumer that was going to E3, they said these additional attendees diluted the vendor's ability to reach out to their target audience, retailers and journalists. Both of these reasons had previously caused the Comdex trade show to shut down. Several large vendors told the ESA, which worked with E3, that they were going to pull out of the next E3, which would have had a domino effect on other vendors. So, yeah, basically they were upset that anyone could get into E3 and that limited the journalists and people that they thought were influencing to reach a larger audience. So... E3 changed, adapted to compensate them, but then they got backlash once again from the companies and the consumers because now E3 was completely cut off. So now the consumers were upset that they couldn't attend E3. So then they opened it back up to a degree, like a percentage thing, like this percent could be regular, this percent could be journalists, influencers, retailers, et cetera. But at the time, the damage is done. 
Yeah, you can't you can't go like back no and forth formula. and back and forth on your policies and how you want to run everything every single year and expect people to want to keep going or be a part of of your your showcase. Yeah. So personally, E3, I do believe is it's sadly on its uh, on its last legs um, and with everyone coming out with their own expos, I guess you could say, or online variations of it. It really sucks because it's like streaming services now. Everyone wants their own streaming service. They pull their shows from a streaming service that was like a hub because back in the day, Netflix was the hub and we kind of all hope Netflix would just be that hub everything on Netflix. But then everyone was like, well, I want to cut of this pie. Why should I pay them when I could just make all the money? It's our shows. So now everyone has their own streaming service, their own streaming service. And, and that's kind of the thing with the, you know, with what's happening with E3, everyone is just like, well, why pay E3 when we can charge the people directly and keep all the money? And then completely remove the middleman. And now, will it happen right now? I hope not. But I do predict in the future that while they, the free expos, online expos we're seeing now is a trial run. As it grows in popularity and more people continue to consume that, you will start seeing electronic ticket charges. They already do it for music concerts. They already do it for concerts. And now you're talking E3. I'm talking when E3 is E3 is pretty much. Oh, you're you're done, talking. You're talking when right. everyone's doing the, their own thing like they are now. When everyone like eventually you'll see it'll probably start off with Sony or Oculus or as it's called Meta now. When they see that the turnouts are great. Micro. You will start seeing digital ticket prices. It, appear. It, so. I just based off what your prediction is, what you're saying, I, I'd have to go out on a limb here. I don't even know if it's really going out on a limb. Microsoft will be the first one to implement this. I say this actually, you because know, because Microsoft is time and time again the most bold when it comes to changes in subscriptions or payments or how they run things or when they just delete a fucking streaming service. They're the most bold. And out of nowhere when they do stuff. And I I think part of that has to do with them having the kind of the fuck you money to take a hit if something doesn't work Absolutely. out. Absolutely. And the reason I agree with you on that is because if, once again, this is a prediction, there's no facts to back, to back this. So wait for your bloggers, data miners, whatever, to tell you this later down the road. But just looking at how... Sony and Microsoft are butting heads right now with trying to be the latest and greatest. Sony is playing catch up right now, buying developers, changing their subscription process to an actually more pricey version. Um, what I would see Microsoft doing if they wanted to be cost effective when they have their own expos, they would say anyone who's a game pass subscriber gets access to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera already included kind of like being a prime member on amazon prime you get to watch prime videos so they would say oh if you're a game pass subscriber you get access to our expo and et cetera et cetera et cetera and what would appeal to it is because we do cloud gaming they can send demos directly to the consumers the day of the expo this demo is available right now for our game pass 
uh, subscribers. Check it out. Boom. Right then and there, thousands of people would sign up for Game Pass. Even if they only signed up for that day, Microsoft doesn't care because guess what? We got your money. We cut out the middleman. All that revenue is ours. You get a demo that lasts for 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, don't think for a second that this stuff's not, you know, likely to happen. Some of it might, it sounds a little, little far-fetched, like we're reaching a little bit. But you got to consider how much technology and streaming itself has continued to evolve year after year after year this past few years. And cloud gaming is something that's going to start, we're going to start seeing change even more and become more popular because it, you know, even compared to this time last year, I know so many more people now that utilize that service. So I absolutely see this turning into something for them to get us to spend money on even anytime money's involved, they're going to find a way to get us to spend and give them that. Absolutely. Especially if there's a, in this case with, with the showcase with the, the showcases. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it's far fetched because remember what I said earlier, music concerts already do this. They already charge digital ticket prices. So it's not that it's something new. It's not like they're reinventing the wheel right now. They would just have to work it into the system they already have. And the, the Microsoft has already laid the groundwork for it with cloud services, with game pass, digital access to games. The groundwork is there. They're just going to have to wait for the right time to implement it. As long as E3 is still technically an option that people can make, they won't do it. How much do you think it. a, digital, pri- a Once, digital ticket would cost? Well, they wouldn't charge an E3 price. They have to make it appealing. Right, right, right. So it probably like, would be like $15. $15. That's kind of what I was going with. I think it would be $15 for anyone who's not a subscriber. That would be like a flat flat fee, $15 to access all of their showcased games, all of their videos, uh, live streamed. Um, and then even if people think, well, I'll just watch it on, on YouTube, they don't have to put it on YouTube till after the event. They don't have to do that. They could be like streaming exclusively on your Xbox, on your whatever. The only place you can watch it now, because technically... When the Apple Expo happened, yes, it was streamed on YouTube, but it was actually uh, on their website too, meaning Apple could have streamed it on their website and not to YouTube if they didn't want to. So I could see Microsoft doing the exact same thing or working out a deal with YouTube where they can have it where it like checks, hey, did you, did you buy your ticket? Enter your code here. Don't you dare taint me. Cutting off people from just Microsoft. So I'm just saying, I see, I see this as a future. I don't see it as reaching because let's be honest, how many things that we think we, you know, episodes before it would happen, people probably thought we were reaching and then boom. An annoying amount of things. So, and like you said, last year I said E3 is on its last legs. I see it struggling. Here we are. I'm telling you right now, we're going to start seeing these individual expo events online. They will start off free for a couple of years. If that, give me a little grace period. I say within the next five years, if not the next two to three, I believe that everyone who has their own individual expo is going to start charging because the whole point of that is revenue. That's the whole point. And the one way to probably 
that they can deal with bloggers and data miners and all that is to, as soon as they have their stuff planned, they have to launch it within like a day. That's the only way they can beat the bloggers, the hackers, the data miners from putting out the information for free. So they're going to have to paywall a lot of stuff to make up that loss, that lost revenue. Cause that's one of the things that Sony was saying about E3. E3 was costing them money because they were already, they were, they were coming after bloggers. Bloggers already put the stuff out. Everyone was like, well, I already know what's coming. I just saved myself $300. No point in me going to E3 just to know what I already know. So, you know, cause yes, they paid five to $10 million for their booth, but they made some of that back from the attendees. But if no one sees a reason to attend, they make none of that money back. So this, and this is why PlayStation has their event in like February, at the beginning of the year, because by the time data miners and everyone wants to dig in, they're like, yeah, we already put the information out before you did. So now you, now we've made you irrelevant. My whole life's a fucking paywall. Everything's a, a subscription, <laughs> man. Everything. I, you know what? I can prove everything in life's a subscription. I have to, you know, they don't call it a subscription, but, but I pay $10 a week for parking to go to work. There's a nice parking garage right next to my big ass hospital. And I pay $10 a week to park there versus walking like 15 minutes, like parking 15 minutes away and walking like everything is a freaking subscription now. And I, it's kind of Netflix's fault just a little bit. I, well, it's also our fault for accepting it. Mindlessly accepting it. You know, I knew it was starting to get bad too. When, when Paramount had me curious, <laughs> what's that? They got me too. Oh, I can't to even think of that really shitty one that, uh, sling. You ever, you ever tried sling dude? I oh, tried I sling sl- like, yeah. it was like three or four years ago. I was like, wow, this shit sucks. It was so buggy and, and stuff. But now I'm starting to see it like, like way more often and people are really into it. Uh, and, seeing like paramount kind of drawing me in and seeing sling success ha- has really opened my eyes to the absurdities of 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 the the streaming i think cbs has their own now yeah i think C- i think everyone, everyone pulled all their shit the only the only <laughs> the only uh platform i feel bad for the only that. genre the only platform not pulling all their shit from everybody is anime because everybody has anime now yeah, and and you can't and you can't really say Funimation because Funimation is with Crunchyroll, right. so they're just moving right. their stuff and, over. And, That's all they do. <laughs> a large amount of their most popular stuff is available on all platforms. Uh, even HBO Max has anime, believe it or not. Yeah, so they're like the only one. Everyone else is like, nope, come straight to us if you want it. Yep, yep, because they don't want the middleman. They don't want the middleman, but. Anyway, guys, this is going to be a wrap up for this week's episode. Let us know your thoughts. What do you think about E3? Do you think E3 is on its last legs? Do you think all of the developers are going to start having their own expos and start charging ticket fees? Do you think E3 coming to an end is a good thing? And, you know, we're heading in the right direction. We would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Patreon. Let us know because we would love to hear your feedback on it. Also, before we go, I also do want to say a huge thank you once again to our patrons. Thank you so much for your continued support of the show. We really appreciate you guys. Also, make sure you check out our website, GammaGames.com, for all of our latest episodes, 
in one place along with our other podcasts and new podcasts coming all in one nice neat place the website's been updated it's really beautiful you guys are gonna love it i promise and make sure to check out our store the gzshop.com for all the latest merch and goodies new stuff coming all the time anyway we are out of here it's been an amazing episode you guys are amazing stay safe out there and catch all of you wonderful people Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everyone? Project Itachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or ACAST for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. Until next time.